Welcome, adventurer, listener, and kindred soul. You are listening to Starlight, a Dungeons and Dragons space opera podcast on the Ink and Virtue Network. Whether a new friend or an old one, we are glad to have you along for the adventures. The Ink and Virtue Network is dedicated to delivering stories of epic proportions straight to you. Whether it's listening to the impromptu adventures of Squad Luma or diving into the manuscripts of an author, there is something here for everyone. You can support the show by rating it, sharing it with a friend, or finding your way to our network's coffee page where donations help us to keep the magic alive. We appreciate you, and fare thee well, Spacer. Travel safely across the great expanse. Here we go. Roll for initiative. Hi guys, welcome to this episode of Starlight. As we jump back into some of these interesting tales that we weave back and forth, trying to bring our characters back together, or maybe they will die, who knows? As usual, I am Isaac Yorks, your host and diabolical GM, and I'm joined by the lovely Courtney Yorks playing Ray, who's slightly terrified that the GM just called himself Diabolical. What <laughs> oh, has <is> really bad. <laughs> I figured that was in keeping with, uh, with that. I'm excited to jump into some of these episodes, but before we do, a word to you, dear listener. Um, we just moved into a new place. Uh, and this is the first time that we are recording, uh, not in a closet. So there's still some acoustic work to probably be worked on. So if it sounds a little echoey, that's why. Bear with us. Um, we'll figure it out. But until then, it's really not taken away from the quality of the story. Um, this adventure, this season, has been brought to you by our dear friends at the Heroes Journal. And uh, go and check it out. You know about their journals already and about how they help your productivity. But they got a really cool thing going with the Hero Sidekick Quest deck. And in there you can find all sorts of things to keep busy. Um, The link will be down in the doobly-doo. So without further ado, why don't we jump into this episode of Starlight. Neuralink. Recall latest memories. Accessing. Ray has nearly run out of luck. Her task of heisting the drugs and putting Lady Lamour in contact with the Zintarum suppliers has met with far more resistance than she was led to believe. And now, after the arrival of a mysterious starship, Ray finds herself outside of the train with few options left to her. Memories retrieved. As we jump into this episode, we're going to begin by doing a roll-off. Once we get the crew back together, we will start taking uh, votes of inspiration again. But until then, you versus me. I got a 15. (laughs) I got a 2. I will take my point of inspiration (laughs) as we move in this episode where we pick up with Ray just locked out of the port underneath the train. A little bit of fear wheedling its way into her mind. The lens of her second skin suit catching this distant star as it flashes in and out through the passing asteroids. Up ahead, 
the spaceship, the starship that is attached to the front of the train still has not moved. And all that is happening on your end and is happening with this starship feels oh so clandestine. So I've tried to get into the starship, failed. Tried to get back into the train, failed. Tried to get into the underbelly of the train, failed. Um, I'll just try to get in the access point right in between the, the third and second. Shimmy, float your way up in between the two train cars of the, the second and third. You look both ways. You see a door that goes to the third train car, and you see a door that goes to the second. Which one? Can I do a perception check inside? I'll go on the side of the second car. So you pull your way up, peek into the second train car, and you see the previous guard, one of the ones that you skirmished with in the car. He's going back and forth between what look like uh, some computer systems, but also more or less every once in a while kind of touching the piece at his ears in, in constant communication, likely, with one of the other guards. And it's just him. It's just him. His companion presumably walked further back in the train. Okay. Um, I'm going to go in that door. Nineteen. As the door flies open... You see that his his weapon's safety is already off as the gun is already raising up the chainsaw on the end beginning to whir. Uh, you idiot! You had a chance to leave and you're gonna come in here and make trouble and then make a dexterity saving throw. Twelve. Eight points of damage as it slams into you with- After he fires, I'm gonna have my pistol ready to shoot and say help me leave make a persuasion roll. Or it could be a deception roll or whatever. The seven. Drop the weapons and put these on and we can talk. And he pulls manacles off the sides of his utility belt and kicks them across the room to you. They kind of skitter with a metallic kind of clinking noise as they come to your to your feet. The cuffs open. Put them on. Drop the weapon. Talk. I take the handcuffs, put them around my wrist to make it look like they're on, but they're not locked. Go ahead and make a slight hand check. Fifteen. So the moment that the binders snap on and you clamp your hands together as if the magnetic resonance is going, he looks at the your gun on the floor, lowers the barrel of his own gun, and begins walking over to you. He's like 10 feet out, he says. So you want to talk? Five feet out. His gun is already getting slung onto his back. We can talk. Just you and me? Just you and me. For all of about five seconds. And then his hand hits your shoulder as he grabs it roughly and he pulls you in up so that your face kind of like brushes up against the metal of his helmet and you can just barely make out his eyes. I want you to go ahead and make a perception roll as you're looking at his eyes through kind of like that stained dark glass of the visor. Six. You don't notice anything too weird, but in the low voice and he says, You are an idiot. There's one quick solution to my problems here, all of our problems. And he begins opening the door and he says, I hope you enjoy your trip in space. Then I'm going to try to get out of his arms um, and grab his gun and point it at him. Okay, you're going to make an acrobatics check with advantage as he doesn't know it's coming. And then you're going to make a sleight of hand check as you steal it off of him. Okay. Acrobatics 16 and 26 for acrobatics. Okay, so advantage. go ahead and roll a sleight of hand. Natural 20. As you kind of flip out from uh, from his arms, he goes, what the fuck? As he rolls an eight to try and stop you, you duck in around and behind him, 
You see his gun on the back, on his back. You see that it is lightly strapped in. The gun comes off easy with a clip. The door is now open. He is facing outward to the train. He is off balance as pressure is kind of starting to pull him out. I'm pushing him out, just like he was about to do to me. Okay, with that nat 20, you can roll an athletics check with advantage against his. That's a 12 and a 3. This is a 6. Nice meeting you. I am going to go up to the first train. As I'm opening the door to go into the first train, do I see a way to disconnect the rest of the train? Yes. So you go to the the, the front of the of this car, and then it opens up, right? And you have to like kind of you have to harness in and walk across to the other train car. Right. In between, you can see these um, almost like ele- electronic couplers that have this energy that goes between them mm-hmm. and on each side of the of the cars in between there is like a a resonance field that is allowing that to happen so you just got to shut that off either by an interfacing check or just destroy it i'm gonna get on the first car shoot it with a blaster rifle <laughs> the couplers come apart and you watch as the back three cars start floating off Accepted. Immediately in the front, you see a sparse interior. There are a few like tables drawn up for people to sit at, but none of that is of importance. What's of importance is you see the very front unit that has like three screens that are in all of the devices and computers to make the train run in the different uh, routes by with which to go. Just set before that, you see a man, not not quite sure, probably half-elf, gray-tinged in the face, a chin beard, dark brown hair, slender of build but muscular at the same time, dressed in blacks and reds, and he is in the middle of handing some sort of duffel bag-sized package over to what you recognize as a, uh, an assassin bot. Oh, shit. Adjacent to the assassin bot, you see the port of entry that opened up underneath the train to get in from. Everyone freezes. The next thing that happens is as you enter, it is almost your, your mind kind of hits a little bit of a light haze. I need you to go ahead and make a, make a wisdom saving throw. 10. Uh, everything that I just described, everything that you just saw, it becomes background. Your nose is filled with the sweetest of scents. Your eyes focus on the duffel bag, this kind of tarnished green-gray bag with this thick zipper on the front. And you feel an overwhelming amount of joy for the bag. You feel the need to give something of value to it. It isn't until you're almost halfway there that you realize you've started walking towards the bag. You have a gun pointing down. You can't even hear what the captain is asking you. The assassin bot seems similarly frozen in terms of watching you. And you begin unslinging something of value from you. The man starts to get in the way. And it seems like he's like telling you to stop but then he shakes his head, kind of touches it, shakes it again, steps, steps back, and his hand begins to kind of quiver and shake as he reaches toward the zipper of the bag and slowly starts to unzip it as you begin opening and pulling your knives out of the sheets to present it. And out from the bag, out from the bag, you see first a scintillating glint of red and pink kind of just changing ever in the the sterile lights up above. You see first these two little horns of about maybe an inch or so poking out, followed by these cat-like ears, 
that have like a light reddish pink scaling to it, and then a snout, and a long throat, and you see a pseudo dragon, a tiny little dragon, no bigger than a than a kitten, start to pull its way up. The wings kind of spread open, but they aren't leathery and bat-like, like all the depictions that you've seen in before, but instead they have almost a butterfly, insect-like quality to it. All the colors of everything that is within about a hand width of it seems more vivid. And you realize it's talking to you, but not out loud, as it says, who are you? I'm Ray. Hello, Ray. Who are you? Well, I quite don't know what my parents meant to call me, but I named myself Ginger. That's a beautiful name. What? What are you doing here? I was going to ask you the same thing. Those are beautiful names. I accept. You may put them in the back next to me, right? I may. And what are you doing here? I'm in the middle of escaping. Might I join you? Oh. Everybody wants to join me. But not everybody's worthy. Why should I take you, Ray? Because I know I'm unworthy. Because you're unworthy? At least I'm humble enough to admit it. I have much to learn. Go ahead and make a make a persuasion roll. That's a ten. <laughs> you just see like a tiny little green spark come out of its nose. Most people are unworthy. I can also help you. With, With what, what jokes? jokes? Can you tickle, tickle my back where I can't reach? I can do that, but I can help you get very far in your escape. Would you go anywhere without a question? I might ask a few questions, but I'll pretty much go anywhere. Where are you off to? Away. Sure. At this point, I want you to go ahead and make another wisdom saving throw. That's a 15. The compulsory illusion kind of falls away. And suddenly all those good feelings and all those beautiful like colors that were made big more vivid than they were in reality, it all kind of fades. You still see this pseudo dragon in front of you, but it just it's not quite as gorgeous. You're almost shocked to see that its tail is wrapped around your knives very protectively. You're even more shocked to see that the assassin bot stands right next to you with its blade, the arm transformed into the blade at your throat. It's there that the guard, the one that dressed in red, says, Stop! His helmet's off under one arm. And you can see that his eyes are the same golden color as the pseudo-dragon's. She's a part of the deal. She's going with you. He then hands the duffel bag over to the assassin bot. The assassin bot's body twists just from the torso, so its its legs are facing you, but its front is facing the guard as he takes the bag, and then its its bottom legs twist on point, and it starts walking towards the opening in the bottom of the train and begins climbing its way down there. Kung, 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 kung. You hear the pseudo-dragon's voice in your head and it says, if you really want to come, you should come now before he awakens from my stupor.
The starship is sterile. It has little in the way of accoutrement, and the seats themselves have hardly any cushions. It is more of a short-range vehicle, less about comfort and more about getting to and from places. The assassin bot takes the bag and puts it onto like the side of like a, a passageway, just almost like not even recognizing that the, the pseudo dragon is a living being. And then it goes and takes its seat at the front of the starship next to the other bot. So Ginger, where are we off to? Ginger puts both its polite claws in front of it and lays its head to the side. And as its head kind of lays to the side, you can actually see all these like scars on its body. I don't really know. I needed to escape. They had me in containment, but they were careless. Someone came in and I was able to get them under my sway. Well, looks like that worked for the both of us. It kind of shrugs and furls its wings very lazily and stretches like a cat. Maybe. Maybe. I don't know. I just just had had them connect me with whatever people they they knew. Hmm. My My abilities abilities aren't perfect, but they can coerce people into doing things. Usually they get their idea, like your knives that are now mine. No takesy-backsies. I'm going to use them to clean my teeth. Do you need help? Mm, it looks at your fingers and the dirt under them very judgingly. Okay, fair enough. I do need to wash my hands. It's been a while. Um, might I make a call? I don't, I don't know, know who ship this is. Oh, so you just stole someone's ship. No, no, I just, I just had, had the guards, guards connect me with, with someone. someone. And kind, kind of like, like this. this. I need you to go and make a wisdom saving throw again. That's a 20. A natural 20. This time nothing happens. You kind of feel the influence and then you shrug it off. And this time it looks a little surprised. Good try. I'm going to keep getting better at that. Making sure you don't do what you did again, but... I promise we can stay friends. It yawns and a little smoke ring comes out of its mouth and it says, Fine. It's like like a a suggestion. suggestion. I I put put it in their head and they think it sounds sounds good, but I can't. Like you probably had a million things on you to give to me. You chose to give me your knives. They chose me to connect me with this. Those things up front. This isn't my ship. I don't know where we're going. And, but, but I do I hope there's food on here. Well, if I can make a call, I can make a recommendation of where to go to meet up with people who can help us. Does that sound like a plan to you? And I'm respectfully not getting into your mind. It looks at itself and its bag. And it just says, call. I'll go look at the front. Thank you, Ginger. And I'm going to the front to find a phone. It doesn't even talk to you. It just turns around and raises its tail so you see its butthole. <laughs> so as you come to the front, it is dead silent. Both of the bots have like a center port like to their chest cavity that is attached into the mainframe of the ship. And it just every once in a while turns and you see little dials and maneuvers and things like that changing. I would say the best way to describe this, this starship is... It's familiar, but not familiar. It's almost like you've stepped into something that is far and away more advanced than your standard stuff. So maybe something that is almost pseudo-military. Okay. So am I doing like an investigation? Yeah, you're going to make an investigation check to see if you can find... That's a natural one plus six. As you begin looking for comlink or any other obvious system in which to, to reach out... You do not find anything. Um, do I know the the grid points to where where are the acers? Which ones? Where Atlas might be. You're talking about the Kashin family. Yes. I mean, you would know where they are. Like, 
if I could like put points into the map so that they would mm. follow that. So what you want to do is you want to change the route of the map mm-hmm. that they're going to follow. Yes. Which would require you to go in and do some major coding. Yes. Okay. The first thing you're going to do is you're going to make a succession a succession of three interfacing checks. Okay. The first one is going to be to open up the computer systems. Okay. The second one is going to be to break into the bot's own firewalls and basically make them have like a blind eye to the coordinates that they have al- that they are already currently piloting the ship to. Okay. And then in your third one will be to try and put in new coordinates that they will follow. And what happens if I fail any of these? You'll find out. <laughs> but okay. your first interfacing check, it's going to start as a 14, and then it will be a 16, and then an 18. What? I told you it was hard. Okay, can I see where these, where we're going first? That'll be an interfacing check to get in, but just one. Okay, let's do that first. Okay. And I have to roll a 14? To get into the system to see? Yes. That's a seven? You watch as the code begins to rapidly change as the bots can tell that you're trying to get in, and they are programmed to change all of the settings and make it more difficult. Okay, I almost need to distract the bots. Or turn the bots off. Do I know how to turn off an assassin bot? What, what, do you have a skill that you're thinking of for that? What about a history check? To see if I've ever learned this. You could do a history, yeah, you could do a history check to see how to turn off a bot. Fifteen. Is only one an assassin bot? Only one is an assassin bot. What's the other one? The other one is just a standard nav bot. Okay, so it's the assassin bot I need to turn off. Yeah. Okay, we'll say with a 15, you have had experience in your pirating days with dealing with these things. And with a 15, you know how to do a hard reset, which would wipe it of any of its programming it would still be on, but it would be basically harmless until programmed. As you open up the back panel, you can see all manner of wires and circuitry and, and mechanisms. I need you to make a straight intelligence roll, and you need to roll a 15 in order to get it right. That is a 19. It straightens, and then you snip the second one, and then it just kind of crumples in its seat. And it hard resets it, so it comes back up. And I'm going to pat it on the head and say, thanks, Billy. So when you hit it, it just goes, its head kind of rocking to the side like a bobblehead. So you still got the nav bot working. Hey, you. And I poke it. On the second poke. Madam, please do not distract me. I'm currently engaged in my primary coding. Where are you going? Classified. Unclassified. Does not compute. Negative. Press the Sorry, buddy. Sorry, Billy. That was a little gory. Ginger, all's well up here. <laughs> Um, Ginger, have any tips? There's a voice that kind of enters your mind and it says, No, have you seen any rats? Can you stop doing that? Getting in my head? What? It's how we talk. Can you stop moving your lips to speak? I just didn't know if you could talk normally. It's just a little invasive. Well, it's rude to see your teeth every time you talk. Okay, this is how it's going to be. Um, do you have any idea how to figure out where we're going? No. no. no it was only born a year, year ago. ago. Not very helpful. Mm, who got you off that ship? Well, we could be on a fast course to hell. Well, I'm sure that I'll be able to get my way eventually. How long were you just captured? 
Mm, a like year. A, I don't have a year. Um, okay. Can I tell what direction we're going? Yeah, you can You can try and make a survival check based off the pattern of the stars you see okay. in the front. That's a 19. You can tell that you're headed further into the XR1 system. I'm locked out. I have a dragon who speaks only in my head. I have an assassin bot who is programmed to do nothing right now. I don't have a phone and the whole system is shut down. I'm gonna try to reprogram the assassin bot. Interfacing check. 19. You're hit by this wave of inspiration and desperation. <laughs> and it takes you nearly four hours. And the pseudo dragon, Ginger, comes and goes at times. He lands on your shoulders. At other times, he sits on the head of the assassin bot. But eventually, as Ginger's asleep on the assassin's bot lap, the assassin bot suddenly lurches to its feet, throwing him to the side with a hey! As it gets up, looks around, looks at you, and then gives a slight bow. Billy, your name is Billy. I need you to get us and I give him the coordinates to the Kashins. The bot goes and it sits down. It attaches once more by the chest into the computer. There's this whirring of, of computer and then it finally, there's a, a soft computer voice that comes over the HUD that says, Override accepted. And then the ship begins to turn. Ray jumps up and I give Ginger a high five and I say, Ginger, we did it! We did it! You've got to help me find a phone or a comlink or something so we can call them and tell them we're on the way. And you gotta help me find a rat. And now you have this big fellow helping you. I will help you find a rat if you help me find the comlink. Why don't you ask your friend? Oh, good idea. Billy? Do you know where a comlink is? It begins whirring the chest cavity again with the like little attachment. And then... The voice comes up and it says, Channel's open. Are you um, free to be recorded briefly? Huh? Are you free to be recorded briefly? Yeah, like, I'm in the middle of playing, and I just tried to call you after robbing a ship and being brainwashed by a dragon and overriding an assassin bot and killing a navigator bot. Okay. Okay, so I'm calling you in-game, okay? And I'm okay. I'm putting you up to the mic. Wait, what the heck? <laughs> okay. I'm, I'm just calling you in-game to, like, this is the first time Ray's talking to you and, like, affirming you're alive. And I'm trying to figure out where you are. The comm link picks up. A- Alice? Is that you? Who's this? It's, it's me, Ray! You're alive! Ray? Ray? Ray Byrne? Ray, Ray. Short Ray? Well, I was never considered tall, so yes. What's going on? What do you need? 
Alice. I'm alive. You're alive. Hey Alice, I don't really know where I'm going and I just need somewhere to land this ship. And you've always kind of been the leader and I'm kind of running from a couple bad guys right now that I'm sure will be uh, on my tail soon. Like, are they right behind you or are they from a distance or for days? Oh, I think they'll be behind me soon. I don't think they're behind me at this point. Where exactly are you right now? I'm somewhere in the XR1 solar system. And just for context, I think Crate is going to the prison planet I was on right now to rescue me. Oh, so you left your boyfriend, uh, on, a, on like a what? A wild goose chase? You're not even, he expects you to be there? Well, maybe I should go there. Well, I wouldn't recommend that either if they're looking for you. Definitely being looked for. If you can start making your way towards XRP, I can give you some more information. I just have some business I gotta take care of here first. Okay. Um, do you think you could contact Crate at some point? I don't have Crate's information. Oh, you certainly have some way to contact Crate. He's on the C2. Isn't he... He's on the C2. What? what? Crate's on the C2. You could call him on there. Mm. Isn't he, like, not to be <clears throat> uncaring, but isn't he your, your problem? Well, Atlas, he's part of, part of Squad Luma now. It must have been a lot that happened and he's supposedly a part of the team because as far as I remember he's just some like squilling timid kid. Oh he's he's such a man now, Atlas. You'd be impressed. He put on muscle and everything. Mm. He's he's even fighting people now. Interesting. I'll just see when I see him. Well, maybe you can call him, like, when we hang up? You want to call him when we hang up? Oh, I just remembered. He's in hyperspace. Okay, well, I'll just start calling him once a day. And <laughs> maybe you can do the same. I know you really like having things on your to-do list. Yeah, there's a lot recently. There's a lot that's happened. Okay, well, I look forward to catching up and whenever I see you and call and give me the coordinates when you can, okay? Alright, I'll send them over. Hey, and Alice, I'm not usually one for, like, the mushy-gushy stuff, but but I miss you. And I'm excited to see you again. Yeah, well, uh, have to catch up and see everything that's happened. Yeah, would it also... What do you ever think happened to Clive? He's probably... Clive, he's probably, you know, falling... Whatever type of, uh... I mean, whatever he was searching for before, he's probably still searching for it. I have no idea. I hope he found what he was searching for. Yeah, he also might just be dead in the ship somewhere. I don't know. <laughs> he might be, but I hope you're wrong. You're always such a pessimist, Alist. Yeah, it's been a long time, so... Well... we'll see what... I know you're not alone, because you're never alone, even when you want to be alone, so tell whoever you're with I said hello. See ya! I see And I update Ginger. Um, we're gonna meet Atlas. You're gonna meet Atlas. <sighs> Just, Just one stop on the way. Sure. Uh, where are we stopping? Mm. No, he's one stop on the way. On the way to where? Back home. Where's home for you? Hmm. The Fae. He took me from my... Homeland. Who took you? 
the short men. The short men? The ones that kept me. Harry, too. More so than you all normally are. Dwarves. Mm, if you say so. Well, Atlas will be really gung-ho about helping you get home. He loves to help people. Mm. Say. Do you like that? On your hip. And he looks at your... Looks at your gun. Do you like your wings? Maybe you want to give it to me? Go ahead and make a wisdom saving throw. That is a 20? Unnatural? Hmm. I do need you to stop doing that. Ginger, if we're going to like be friends and build trust, you could ask to borrow it. And I'll still probably say no, but you have my knives. We can't be friends. Why not? Because it'd be like owning a goldfish and asking the owner to be friends with the goldfish. I'll accept you as my pet. <laughs> and then it flies under your shoulder and it curls up around it to you your, know, your neck. I used to be a pirate. And pirates have parrots. And you know where parrots sit? On the pirate's shoulder. And do you know where you're sitting? Who's the pet now? I've never heard of a parrot. That's okay. Some of us are smarter than others. Is it like a term of endearment? No. But it doesn't matter what it is. Um... Can you teach me how to get into people's minds? No. You have too many legs and two less wings. And then it flies off of you. I'm going to search for rats, mice, gerbils, hermadinks. Then Ray is going to thank Billy. Ray is going to go lay on a couch or chair or bench or whatever's available. And she's going... To sleep with one eye open. You find a small room. There's a couple small bunk rooms. And they're really just kind of like... Literally, the room is the bed in like a tiny little space. The bed can pop up and be turned into a shower sort of thing. You do see a symbol that is chilling to you. And maybe for different reasons than others. But more so because you lived in a big city for a long time. And you lived a life of crime. You see the four-fingered symbol of the hand, just etched into the side of the wall. The once secret police of the triumvirate. You kind of get up, look around, and you see that symbol everywhere on the ship. You've heard the rumors, rumors that have spread that once the triumvirate went away, the hand never disappeared on its own, but kind of became a shadowy organization on its of its own right, doing what it wished, making people disappear, accomplishing its own goals. And there are even some whispers, though you know them to be erroneous now, that suggest that maybe it was the hand who orchestrated the Pelagium Pax attack. Either way, everything in this ship belongs to the hand. And as you begin kind of looking around, I want you to go and make one more investigation roll. It's a 25. You start finding that this ship is armed to the teeth. And you find all sorts of gear. That night, as you sleep, your dreams flit back and forth between some of the various experiences you've had. Some of them, you find yourself running across the asteroid, trying to escape Pleasantville. But no matter how hard you run, it's like your legs are stuck in a mire. You continue running, your arms pumping, your heart throbbing. 
And every time you are chased down by the guards laughing, you see Amira in front of you saying, Oh, if only you were stronger. And then that, that dream begins to kind of fade away. You find yourself standing on the deck of the pirate ship, singing a merry chanty. The atmosphere is warm. There is a frothy beer for you in a mug at an age much too young for it. Your brother, even younger, swilling it down, dancing over the latest looting that you guys have accomplished. And a goblin stands up on top of the table and he sprinkles hot chocolate into his beer and he says, I'll look here, I'll look here, I'll to the hero, to the hero, to the hero. And he heroes. points down at both you and your brother, Cisa. And, and these, these two, two. these two, and these put two. them up on the put table. Let everyone the table. see them. Everyone see, see them. They, they are indeed are the heroes, the heroes of, our ship, of our ship. Here, here, here to stop here. us stop from, from being from taken being captive. Taken, captive. Taken, mm? Oh, oh, oh. You two, you two. It has been, it has been. A mighty pleasure a having, mighty you pleasure. having you aboard. Having you aboard. Having you aboard. But for the good of all. For the good of all. For the good of all. For the good we of accept all. your sacrifice. And then he says, "Ho ho, ho ho! One last ho, ho. drink. One last drink." And everyone cheers and throws back their drinks as you watch the Yeth begin pouring into the ship with a white knight at the front as they begin yells of the, the white knight talking about the evils of the thinking machine and to take the sense before they can do any harm the yeth nod and they apprehend you and your brother the start of all of these nightmares then that dream changes to a field lush with grass that rises past the knee the breeze is warm and tastes like cotton candy the sky is a fluorescent pink and lightning bugs kind of flit around as you begin stepping forward you push the grass out of the way and you see that you are in a just a beautiful forest and ahead you see a a cool pool and in the pool it's like glass and as you look into this pool of water it reflects everything above it except the sun is reflected as a moon nothing is quite as it should be and you see sleeping on the other side ginger and beside ginger you see an even bigger fairy dragon that is about the size of a of a a full-grown stallion it's a wing gingerly not gingerly it's a wing lovingly wraps around ginger and pulls him close and you hear the thoughts say i'll never let you go young tooth i'll never let you go and ginger snuggles up into what you presume to be its mother or father. I think Ray cries. I think she looks almost jealously at Ginger and presumably her mom and she Ray would would look onto this scene and say I'll, I'll do, do what I can to get you back. Go to make a charisma roll. That's a six. One of your teardrops after a little while dribbles down to your cheek. And you find yourself standing at the edge of the pool. The teardrop, single drop, hits the pool. It shimmers. And then the entire pool turns deep red, like blood. And you watch as these dwarves, all dressed in this kind of like strange gear, starts walking up out of the waters. And the two dragons are gone. And instead you see the carcass of its burned, of the burned bigger pseudo-dragon. And you see a clutch of eggs all being taken as these dwarves start making their way out of this, what looks like a hole, a tear in the fabric of reality. And there is some sort of like machinery leading the way with strange glyphs on it that seems to be opening the, the very fabric of being. And then suddenly you are thrown awake. Ginger is on top of your neck where your breathing is being constricted. Its, its tail is wrapped around you as if it's trying to choke you. And just a single thought comes across its mind, and it says, Never come in my dreams again. It's thinking that? Yeah. I'm thinking that. And I, like, pull him off of me and say the same thing. 
You came into my dreams. You are bullshitting me. I just dreamed of your mother dying. I was dreaming. Those are my thoughts. Stay away from them. Well, you stay out of my dreams. Do you know what I was dreaming about before that? No, because I'm not rude. And I would really prefer it if you didn't show your teeth when talking. It's aggressive. I would really prefer it if you weren't being judgmental of who I am as a person. I have to show my teeth when I'm talking. That's your problem. You're a person. Okay, Ginger. I did not, if I was in your dreams, I did not intentionally get into your dreams. Now, can you get off of my neck? It slowly retracts away, and it says, Stay out of my dreams, and we can be friends. Now you are allowed to go find me food. Ginger. I want you to know I did not intentionally get into your dreams if that that was your dream. Was that your mom? It just gives you a long stare. Were you in the egg? I think I know what's happening to your eggs. To your siblings. To your cousins. And I think you can help me stop it. Small trail of smoke comes up out of its nose, and it says, I've had to trick everyone into doing things to get this far. Why should I believe you? Because I know where they're doing the work. And actually, that's where Crate's going right now. I'm not going back. Where were you before? I don't think you hatched on the prison planet. You know nothing. So you did hatch on the prison planet. I hatched when I was ready. And then it stretches its wings. Okay, I just want to know. Would you be up for stopping this? I think you would only have to get into one person's head. And he's not very smart. His name is Mr. Hidoki Sailorwood. If you could get into his head, you could release everyone. You could cause chaos. You could ruin everything. And by ruin, I mean stop what's happening. Wouldn't be that hard. I'd help you. And Uh, so would Crate. A frown kind of hits the the edges of its lips and it says, I barely escaped. And they know about my abilities. It would be a fool's errand to go back right now. That's why we must get back to the Fae, where I will get the Archdukes and Archlords to come. It would be a fool's errand to go alone. By the time you get the Archduke involved, it's it'll be too late. So many of your siblings or nieces and nephews would have been killed by now, by then. Go ahead and make a persuasion roll. Eight. It smiles and it says, I know what I'm doing. We're, We're going, going to the Fae. And that's that. Do you know how to get to the Fae? I do. And I'm giving him a challenging look. He snorts again, and he says, We dragons can do things that you can't, especially those like me. We may not be the biggest or the strongest, my kind, but we are the smartest and the most marvelous. I'm only asking if you know how to get to the Fae. Yes, I can smell the rift. I know where it is. Where? He shifts his head in a direction that way. And when you go to read the stars, you can tell that it's somewhere 
based off of the direction he's pointing, somewhere in the direction of the Garden of the Gods. Okay. I told you I would go where you wanted. You will benefit from Alice's help. We'll be able to contact Crate if we call him once a day. We're going that way. To the Fae to call upon... What were the people? The The Fae Fae Courts. To the Fae to call upon the Fae's Court. Because... You're repeating everything I'm saying. You're a good pet. You'll do. Just remember, stay out of my dreams, and I stay out of yours. Okay, can I just tell you something? I didn't intentionally get into your dreams, and if it happens again, it's it's really not intentional. I don't even know how to get into dreams. Then we'll have to teach you not to get into them. And then he goes and starts ambling around, and he says, There's gotta be food somewhere in here. I think that's probably a good place to call it, actually. I think so, too. Because I think we can connect with Nathan. Yeah. Again. And so, yeah. I don't know. That was not the most... I don't know. That was, that was a fun episode. That was awesome. I rolled so well, and we were mm. super productive, and I partnered with a dragon. Mm-hmm. I'm content. And now I'll tell you all the secrets. I can't wait. All right. Well, thank you guys for listening to this episode and see you later, spacers. <laughs> Sorry. No, that's okay. Thank you for listening to this episode of Starlight. We hope this show brings you as much joy as it does for us to craft it. Significant effort on the order of 10 to 30 hours of editing goes into each episode, and though it is something we will do regardless, any support goes a long ways. If you would like to support the show, here are a few tangible ways in which you can. Rating it five stars on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or Podchaser helps grow the show and allows us to broaden the audience to spacers who don't know their fans yet. Sharing it with friends or family does the same. And if you wish to donate to help keep our running costs low, you can do so at Coffee in the links below. Last but not least, A simple word of kindness and encouragement to our email below is enough to keep us going no matter what. Have a question or thought that you wish to be aired? Please reach out to us at thestarlightadventures at gmail.com or our social media on Instagram at starlight.adventures. Now, until next time, spacers. (laughs) 